This week in the Safety Consultant Podcast, we'll talk to Jake Wolfenden of Summit Safety Group about his journey to become a safety consultant, the mindset he has about public speaking, considerations for proposals, systems for running a safety consulting firm, and having the right mindset as a safety consultant. This episode is powered by Safety FM. Hi, I'm Sheldon Primus, and I'm here to help you learn the business of safety consulting. This podcast, The Safety Consultant, will give you the tools to be your own boss by protecting the safety and health of others. It's a win-win. But before this episode, here's a message from our sponsor. Hi, everybody. Todd Conklin. I know lots of you get your information while you drive down the road or sit on planes or sit in meetings and look interested. And now you should know that three of my books are available for your listening pleasure on Audible. With the help of Jay Allen and Safety FM, we've produced three of the books, Workplace Fatalities, The Five Principles of Human Performance, and my very first book, Simple Revolutionary Acts, and they're available now where you get audiobooks. Do you want to be a safety consultant? Listen to Dr. Jay Allen of Safety FM give his experience after taking the Safety Consultant Blueprint course. But I really think that you have a genuine good product there that can really assist people if they're interested in becoming a safety consultant. Register for the Safety Consultant Blueprint at www.safetyconsultantblueprint.com. Enter code PODCAST for a special discount. Yeah, so my uh, my undergrad is actually in biblical studies and philosophy, and then um, and then so kind of during that time, I was getting involved very heavily into uh, social work and just you know there were some op- job opportunities really that I had some friends that were working at, and so um, I started I started working. I mean, even even like in the summers and stuff uh, when I, I played football in college, but when I was not training or doing something else, I was working at like boys and girls club or something like that and trying to help out and and uh and it makes money to be honest with you <laughs> so um just uh-huh. it was kind of a culmination yeah, absolutely. of things but uh yeah so that kind of led to um me kind of just developing a passion for um social work and, and that population of people and so um i ended up going to get my master's degree in clinical counseling and so um I don't anymore, but I used to have a license at an LPC, which is a licensed professional counselor. And uh, so really, I mean, all the time that I was involved in social work and all that, it was probably about um, about seven, eight years. And then I had um, a, a private practice in downtown Springfield where I met um, usually in the evenings. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was it was good. I just got kind of. I, it wasn't something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I mean, I got a little bit burned out. Yeah. And, uh, and, and really, I honestly, I just have a passion for business too. I mean, and so even during that time I had started, um, I, I was working full time at a, um, at a place called Borough Behavioral Health, it's it was it's a, it's a large age, um, organization here in uh, the Springfield area. It serves kind of the southwest Missouri um, part of the state uh, for mental health, and so I was working with them as a as a social worker for about four years or so, and then um, doing my master's program, things like that during that time. And yeah, I just got I, I, I was like, you know what, I need to do something else. And so I'd actually started a lawn and landscape business, and uh, and that was that was that was cathartic for me <laughs> so that that was uh one i could pour into something you know that was completely yeah, yeah. different i love business so I, I you know i just went out there anything that i put in is what i was going to get out of it um so long story short flash flash forward i sold that four years later um, to a large uh, company here locally and then so my dad and i so my dad owned a construction company on the east coast so i'm originally from the washington dc area um on the virginia side um i was born in alexandria virginia and uh yeah. You know, long story short, uh, my dad uh, owned a construction company out on the East Coast for about 30 some years. Uh, so what he did was he had crews that would install the rebar. Um, so iron workers just, but they didn't do any structural steel. And um, so he did that for, um, you know, like I said, so 30 some years. I mean, they did a lot of big commercial projects over that time. Um, high rises, bridges. I mean, that was, you know, that was the the uh, bread and butter of what they did. And so during that time, he developed some really 
you know, um, great relationships with uh, some larger um, uh, steel uh, manufacturers, rebar manufacturers, and uh, one of the, one of those was called Harris Rebar, and they're a, I mean they're a huge company, and so we actually it was right at the downturn, so I had just sold my my lawn business, which that ended up being awesome. That was an awesome sale. What year? Um, that was 2008, and then my dad and I wanted to get into business together. And so we started, um, actually he, he kind of had retired from the East, from, from the East coast had moved out here to the Midwest, be close to grandkids and you know, all that. And so, yeah, we, we started a business, but that's when everything just tanked. So it was a horrible time to start a construction business. Everything was drying up and man, oh, yeah. by, uh, I mean, you talk about just uh, provision, you know, God's provision. I mean, there's no question that, you know, he just kind of aligned things in our direction and uh, we were able to get picked up as consultants for Harris Rebar. And so that started a whole nother journey. And so we went in, uh, it was actually originally with a company called Ambassador Steel. They had about 30 some locations uh -huh. uh, around the Midwest. They were based out of Indiana, and uh, Harris Rebar had just been bought by Nucor Steel. Harris Rebar is based out of Canada, um, but they had probably equally about the same number of locations around the country. Um, they were spread out more kind of East Coast, West Coast. Um, I mean, they, you know, more that that area, and then of course Canada as well. Yeah. But um, so there was a lot of those acquisitions that were going on. We happened to just come in at that time. Uh, we got picked up by Ambassador because they wanted to get in the in-place business. So all they had was fabrication shops. They wanted to get into the field division and started you know, placing their own rebar. My dad and I got hired um, to be consultants to help facilitate that change at each one of those you know, 30 locations or whatever. And so, man, for about... Hmm four or five years i mean all i was doing was flying out somewhere every week my dad continued to work on some yeah. other special project type stuff i mean because obviously he's got the skill in that that's not my background but but we were able to um get me into safety basically is what they ended up doing and so they said hey we think you've got all the, the tools necessary to help us in the field with safety and all that stuff and so really about halfway through my time there they started transitioning me into the safety world and that i'd go out to california get a bunch of training i'd go to different places and get in any of the training that i could and then of course i'm just kind of thrown to the wolves i mean just going out there and learning on the projects learning with contractors and all that stuff so so that really that's how i got into safety and then the way that i got into um, Summit Safety was um, because I got so tired of traveling. I mean, I've got three kids and, you know, it's just not conducive to, to a family life and any of that. So, yeah, yeah man. So I, um, you know, I, I decided, I said, Hey, you know, I've got to do something else. And I, I just, and plus just working for such a large corporation, I just, I, the, the entrepreneur in me just was not being satisfied and it had nothing to do with them. I mean, I appreciate very much all the experience I had, everything they did for us. I mean, they really took us under their wing and, um, there's so many things that I learned through those experiences, but, um, you know, it just, it just wasn't it just wasn't filling me, uh, not to mention, so not only was it not filling me, it wasn't um, conducive to a family life. I felt like I was missing out on a lot of stuff as my kids were, were growing up and and they were really young at the time, so it was fine. Yeah. But I just knew that long-term, that's not what I wanted to do and that's not what I wanted my life to look like. Summit Safety started in 1998 by um, uh, the former owner of the company, his name was Mike, great guy. Um, I, I didn't know Mike at all, but I knew a guy who owned an employee um, drug testing company and so he had known Mike through that I was reaching out to several local professionals say, hey I'm looking for something new I'm looking for new opportunities not even at all really I was not honestly thinking about anything in, in the world of safety um, although I enjoyed what I was doing it just I, I was open to whatever I mean obviously I've got a very eclectic background from <laughs> from biblical studies yeah, to yeah, yeah. absolutely and counseling and then now I'm getting into safety and all this other stuff it's just kind of crazy to see that journey you know kind of unfold but um this guy was like hey I mean literally we met for coffee that day uh, or, or as we're sitting there, he's calling his father-in-law saying, hey, uh, his father-in-law is, is, a, is a 
very successful entrepreneur here locally, just has a lot of contacts and um, just also a very generous man. And uh, he he uh, had had said, hey, isn't that uh, the company Summit Safety for sale? I've got a guy that's actually, you know, been in the field of business or field of safety for the last you know, th- few years. And he's looking to transition. He's just started traveling, blah, blah, blah. And he wants to get in and do something else. And uh, no joke, I mean, from that point to the time of closing the business, I mean, it was probably about a month. And uh, again, you talk wow. about- uh, oh, that's quick. <laughs> yeah, you talk about things being orchestrated. I mean, there's absolutely no way um, Man, you just, I, I cannot, I can't tell you just what that moment meant to me. Um, you know, the, the, the cost of the business was extremely expensive. Uh, no bank would take any loan because it's blue sky. It's all, you know, it doesn't matter if you have, even have contracts or anything else. I mean, it just, it's just all consulting. There's nothing for them to come in and, and take. I mean, there was literally nothing except for a handful of cars, you know, which, which were <laughs> worthless to them, you know, it meant nothing to them. So, yeah. Even even my um, my at the, so it was the guy that I met with and I ended up partnering on that business. So it was his father-in-law that didn't know me at all. Completely just gave me way too much of a percentage because I just didn't have much to bring in. Um, and uh, it was just like, look, man, go and 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 I I, I I'm I I love planting the seeds of. Um, generosity and and you know just uh entrepreneurship and all that stuff and that's a passion of mine and i want to see you go and succeed and i'm just sitting there like what i mean are you kidding me i mean you're you're basically (laughs) handing over the keys to something that uh you know the former owner had done a fantastic job of building up and getting to the point where we were when we started um what did it look like at that time well, um, so we had a, a full-time consultant in Kansas City. Um, we were going, uh, there was a full-time consultant in St. Louis. Um, and then we're based here in Springfield, Missouri. And um, and then there were a couple of consultants down here, including the uh, um, uh, the owner. And so, you know, I mean, hundreds of clients on the books. Most of our clients are monthly. Um, probably about 90% of our clients we, we meet on a monthly basis. They have a certain number of allotted hours that we go in on site and work with them. And so when we came in, it was one of those yeah, things. Yeah. I, and look, I, I say, I, I probably would have done the exact same thing. So it's not anything against him. It's just that you just, before you realize that you're, wow, I'm, I'm where I'm at. And I don't have a lot of systems in place. There wasn't a lot of stuff there that, that we were able to put in place. And so project management systems and, you know, t- tracking our time, tracking every single note and interaction with our clients and, um, you know, yeah, scanning all the documentation that we do with them and keeping it on file and things like that. So, I mean, that's just where we were able to take it to the next level. And um, so anyway, so my, my partner and I um, had a had a great relationship. Um, he was very hands off because he was very busy in the uh, at the time it was called Employee Screening Services. It's now it's called Tomo, but they're nationwide. They're all over the place. It was just blowing up, and um, and so he's like, "Look, man, he's like, you're yeah. doing 100. You're, you're doing 100 percent of this." And, uh, you know, I, I want you to buy me out and uh, and just go and own it. So that was about two and a half years ago. So I bought him out. So I, I saw so I'm now 100 percent owner as of a couple, you know, two and a half years ago or so. And uh, man, I, I can't. I, it's still through his father in law, <laughs> which blows my mind, man. It just wow. it, it actually makes me kind of tear up a little bit because, I, you know, and, I, and I've told him this and I'm still in contact with him, obviously, because he's still holding the note and I pay him a ridiculous amount of money every month. <laughs> to pay off this loan but um <laughs> but uh but you know what he did and the way that he did it uh nobody would have done it man and, and to not even know me and to take a chance on me and to it just that, that fuels me that fuels me to want to go out and just kill it every day because i don't want to let him down and i want to make sure that i'm modeling the same thing that he he did plant in me and so even my own you know journey of generosity and the things that i want to pour back into has uh has very much continue to grow with every year that I've had this business and uh, man it's a direct direct reflection back to what what they did I, I get people that uh, that ask me all the time like you know what, what do I need to do what can I do to try to you know not do the same thing or anything but just you know I, I'd like to do some similar things what what do I need to do and and I, I first off I love when people reach out because I again I mean you, the story that I just shared I, I can't help but want to pour back in you know I can't I, I want to look for those opportunities to do the same thing and um 
And so, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, I'm always basically just telling them the same thing. It's, it's, it's simple, but it's difficult. It's, you gotta just be consistent. You have to make the choice that whatever you do, you know, make it to where it's reasonable. I mean, you know, mine was once a week and I, at the time, man, I knew nothing about, I'm not a videographer. I don't know anything about lighting. I don't know anything about audio. I don't know anything about editing. I don't know anything about I, nothing. I knew not, none of that stuff. And so for me, if you look at like the really early videos, I mean, they were rough, <laughs> you know, they were just, I was doing the best that I could and, 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 and it's fine. I mean, it's, you know, that's just what everybody has to do. And I think what so many people get caught up in is they look and see where they want to be. They say, oh, that's what I need to do. I need to get to that level or I need to go do that. They don't realize that everybody had that. I mean, I had the same thing. Everybody was looking to somebody to be like, oh, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. And so to get there, you just got to start somewhere. You just got to, you just got to make the commitment to do it regardless of how bad you think it is or whatever. I mean, you just got to allow yourself to, you got to put yourself out there. Most people don't want to do that. Um, yeah, absolutely. They don't feel like they have the tools or the, whatever it is. And it's like, man, you, you, you probably do. I mean, you probably got a knowledge base. You've got a niche, you've got something that you can get out there and, um, and you just, you're just going to figure it out as you go. And then, uh, you know, there's, and honestly, there's been some things that along the way, you know, I got some really large clients that wanted me to do the, the video stuff for them. So they wanted digital training that could reach, you know, the thousands of different employees and, and different, you know, that they had. And so they're like, Hey, we want you to do this. And so when you, when you're getting paid, you know, a certain amount of money to do that, there's a little bit more pressure to make things happen, research, how to do things better, how to look more professional. Yeah. But man, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't have even been in that position if I didn't just, just pull the trigger and say, I'm committing to do this. And man, it was before I got those calls. I mean, it was, I mean, it was probably a solid year you know, uh, before those calls were coming in to do some of those things to where actually to get paid. But, you know, when I started the YouTube yeah. thing, it was, it was uh, number one, because we have so many clients, I can't get around to everybody. I mean, our consultants are the face of our businesses and I want them to be the face of our business. Yeah. Now when you, um, I know you're, you're giving your story on going into the YouTube and that basically you're from what I'm beginning to hear before I, I broke your train of thought as asking you yeah. how many consultants you had, but, uh, no, you're, good, you're basically saying it, it, it turned out that, uh, it looked like you were saying that it was because you couldn't get to every place at every time you had a demand and therefore you had to make it work because clients needed you and you're going to figure the thing out no matter what. Uh, yeah. 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 So, you know, okay. So coming in as a new owner, you know, the, the majority of the clients that we had had a great relationship with the previous owner. And, and, and part of that is because I mean, you got a, had a 15 year relationship with him. And so several of those uh, customers had had grown with him. And so for me coming in as this young, brand new, less experienced, um, I mean, a lot of things going against me, I knew that I needed to try to do my best to, to, to um, stay in front of them, knowing that I wasn't going to be able to go around just meeting with them constantly. And so that, and I wanted yeah. to feed them knowledge. I wanted them to know what was going on, what they needed to be aware of. I also one of my consultants, I, I want part of my job and it's of course their job too, is to, to stay up on everything that's going on, but you know, they're, they're busy doing the day-to-day -day stuff. And so for me, it, it's a big part of my job as, as, a, as the leader of this group to say, Hey, you know, here's the stuff that is coming down. Here's what you need to know. Here's what we need to be passed on to our clients. So it really, it killed several birds with one stone. I was able to, you know, get out there in front of our clients and, and say, Hey, here's stuff that's going on. Uh, by the way, I, <laughs> it's me. It's me. You know, I, I, I am actually alive. <laughs> you know, I do exist. Um, but it was also able to feed the consultants, you know, what they needed to know and give them some very easy tools to go in yeah. and say, Hey, Hey, I don't know if you saw Jake's video or whatever, yeah. but this is what we need to be looking out for. Here's some things that we need to be, you know, OSHA's out there looking for this. And so we need to be, you know, whether it's air sampling or whatever, we need to be getting on top of that stuff to, to make sure that, um, 
you know, if, if they come in and, and see what's going on out here, that you guys are squared away. Um, and, and, you know, and, and look, I mean, I, I also, you know, when I say kill several birds with one stone, I mean, the other one is marketing. I mean, there's no question that, um, you know, my, those two things were the most important thing to me, but I also realized that knowing that, you know, growing that social media base, growing, um, you know, just recognition in the industry and all those things was only going to be a benefit. And it was, and it, it wasn't free. I mean, it took me a lot of time, especially early on. I mean, it would take me numerous times oh, yeah. to do the video and I mean, just tripping over my words. And I, you know, I can't tell you how awkward yeah. it was <laughs> yeah. and just stare at a camera, you know, for, and, Absolutely. And act as, you know what I mean? And act as though there's, you know, dozens yeah, of You're people. in a full room of everybody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and have, try to have the same excitement and, and maybe even more so than I would in a, in a room with people. And so, you know, all just going through that whole process, um, you know, it took a lot of time and it definitely wasn't free, but, um, but I'll tell you, man, it, it was so much more of an investment in myself and just, um, learning how to do those things and, and learning how to, um, I, I, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I mean, my biggest fear by far was speaking in front of people. Um, I mean, I was terrified. I mean, I'd go to, whether it was at school or, you know, church or whatever, I mean, I'd be sitting in the back and just sweating. Like if there was a game or an activity that came up, I'd be like, I mean, I'd literally be in the back just sweating. Like, please don't call me. Please don't call me. Please don't call me. Please don't call me. <laughs> and, you know, and, and it's just, you know, anytime I had to do a speech or whatever, I'd be sick for weeks before knowing everything else could be fine. But knowing that, oh, my gosh, I've got in three weeks, I've got to do this, this speech. And, you know, I've got to get it's five minutes, but I got to get up in front of the whole class and, um, I mean, it was just terrifying for me. And so, you know, I mean, a lot of this is just working through my own fears too. It's, it's, um, it's, you know, putting me in a position where, you know, I've got a ton of speaking engagements as a result of it. Um, you know, I speak a lot at different conferences and different, uh, different opportunities. And it's just, it, for me, it's, um, it's really been more of a personal journey of getting over a lot of those things too. And just well, being, being willing to put myself out there to, you know, try to try to hone those skills and, uh, get better at it. So, I, and man, I still get nervous. I, you know, What's I still. Key? So let's say uh, someone listening to us wants to say, hey, I got that same thing that Jake has. I uh, I get yeah. clammy and I can't speak and I trip over my words. So what do you do? What do you actually, what was your, your turning point between when I'm scared to speak to, hmm, I'm, I kind of enjoy this. How did you yeah. do it? What was, if you could break it into steps or not even steps, just break it into concepts concepts of yeah. how you how you uh, decided to do it yeah man uh great question i think for me it was um uh, it, it, it's it genuinely came down to following my heart for whatever it is that I was talking about. So I, I, I just have a, I mean, the reason I've gotten into counseling, the reason I got into social work, the reason I got into all those things and safety is because I have a, a genuine heart for people. I, I want to, you know, when I say like the end of my videos, I mean, I, you know, some, some of my buddies will make fun of me sometimes, but they're like, you know, they'll, they'll kind of repeat what I say. Like, I don't say it every time, but I say it a lot of the times, like, Hey, I may not know you. I, I don't know you. you. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly. Right. right. And, and that, and that's, that's true. I, I don't, I don't, obviously I don't know them, but I do care about them. I mean, I'm in what I do. I'm, I'm trying to relay a message. I, when I go up and speak and I talk about, you know, whatever the topic is, and I'm like, like Wednesday, I'm, I'm going up to Jefferson city and I'm, I'm speaking about suicide prevention. Um, you know, obviously with my background and things like that, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very confident in that. I'm confident in the subject, but I'm also, you know, I'm passionate about that opportunity to go in and educate people at how they can go and be gatekeepers for such an important topic at each one of the places they're at. So I just, I always tell people, first off, if you don't like what you're doing, you know, if you don't like what you're talking about, if you don't like um, talking about things that, that, you know, if you can't find a way to make the regulations real and genuine or thing, you're not doing the job right. Number one. Um, and maybe yes. number two, you, I mean, you may need to go get, find something else and that's okay. And, you know, if it's going to be miserable for you and everybody else, if you're going into a class and you're teaching an OSHA 10 class or you're teaching, you know, what, just a 30 minute training and you're barely able to get through it 
yourself, everybody that's st- sitting there on the other end is just going to be like, come on, man. <laughs> like, you, yeah, you suck. Yeah, Get out of here, you know? And it's not going to help your business. <laughs> yeah, right. So, you know, that's, to me, it's always about, um, you know, how I go in with, my goal is to try to transform people's minds in a way that, not necessarily, I guess not necessarily transform them, but educate them and plant seeds to where they get passionate about um, the same thing that I'm talking about so that when they go back, they they feel some of that and some of that you know is left with them to then go and share and want to go research more or want to go find ways or you know get get those things connected at their site so that uh, so that things can make an improvement because I know that if that happens then there are people on the other end that I don't know that that are seeing benefits and they are seeing they are going to be able to have a better quality of life and the thing you know the metrics that we have in safety we we can't know the people that we are a part of saving we don't know the knowledge that's being poured into people that when they take that second thought about hey you know what i shouldn't be doing this and 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 not even thinking about you know jake said this or wendy or brian or any of my you know my consultants are, are saying this but it's that just that seed is there and and it you know not again not us trying to take credit for it but it's just there and so when they they go through and they they think about those things they're able to do something different that then led them to not have an amputation or not have a serious injury or not have a fatality and um you know we don't and that's stuff that i have to tell my consultants all the time is guys we have such a great opportunity to go out and share this message with people and when we do it in an effective way it it, it, those seeds that are planted are that much more um the the opportunity for them to really take root and and for them to stay and last is is just that much more um there's that much more of an opportunity for them to then go out away from that training and do what we said and literally protect them uh in in the cases that we were talking about so you know, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. All, yeah, I mean, all of that is how I, I kind of think about even when I go in and do, you know, a 45 minute or an hour and a half or whatever of um, speaking. I mean, that's that's the kind of mindset that I take into it. And so, you know, when I'm encouraging other people to get over their fears, the way that I'm able to get over my fear is that at, at that point, it's not about me anymore. It's not about me being fearful. It's not about my presentation. I'm going to mess up. I'm okay with that. But if I can get my heart across, if I can get my my passion across for what I want them to know, then then regardless of it, how I may have come across or how many times I may have stumbled um, or acted nervous or whatever, that's what's going to matter. And that's what people are going to take away from. And that's exactly what happens. I mean, that is what people walk away from. So, yeah, absolutely. And I really feel that in, um, in many of those cases, and I'll give you a, for instance, for myself, I actually, uh, I teach a class called certified occupational safety specialist. And yeah. I also teach a class that, uh, uh, certified occupational or certificate of occupational safety managers. So when I was going through this process of becoming an, uh, a trainer for this program i actually had to go through different steps and one of the steps was i needed to be observed as i was delivering their content their material so i was there delivering this content and i was behind the podium which i call the kiss of death because <laughs> yeah, right, right. behind a podium it's just like oh exactly <laughs> I was stuck there and and I was literally going through and I, I'm pretty sure it was the walking and working surface section of subpart D, the old one before they changed it, right? So yeah. in general industry. <laughs> so I'm going through that and I'm literally going through, you know, 1910, 20, 22, 23, right. 24. <laughs> right. And the person e- <laughs> the person evaluating me fell asleep. I saw her sleeping. Oh and man. It was awful. So what I ended up having to do is uh, they actually asked me to to redo that stage before they let me take over the reins. And currently, I'm, I think I'm like 42 classes that I've taught out of this program. But back then, uh, yeah. I basically think 
you know, how would I like to hear this material and how can I make it where I am enjoying it as well as the students? So exactly. my mindset switched and I had to think, all right, let's uh, let's actually pretend that everyone here is just meeting at a coffee shop with friends and I have to right. deliver information, but I'm going to receive as well. And that changed my mindset right there. When I got into the safety realm, especially being a safety consultant, I got fed up where I was. I was working at a, a state uh, program and uh, and I decided, all right, I'm going to do this thing. But every once in a while, I get that, I, especially in the beginning, get that thing that they call the imposter syndrome, where you think, who am I to be telling these people, or who am I to say I'm the yeah. consultant and you have to listen to me. So what do you do when you get when you get those moments? Yeah, man. Well, I think that's a great question. I always come in with, um, you know, I try every time to come in with a very humble attitude. Um, you know, I, I've got, I mean, one of, one of the rules that I live by is, is stop being the expert, you know, because the, the, the people in the field, the people in the shop that are doing the work day to day are the ones that are the experts. And, and yes, I, we're, we are experts in law. We're, we're experts in regulation. We're experts in those things and maybe systems and processes, but when we go into a place, I don't know the equipment. I don't know the machines. I don't know. I can't be an expert on that. And I'm okay with that. And that's what people don't, I, I think, I feel like so many safety professionals want to go in and they feel like they got to be experts on all these things and all these operations when, even if they've been to something similar, you know, that they, they, oh yeah, yeah, I've done that. I've done that. No, you, you haven't. You don't know the, the product it, it itself is what makes it different. And there's no, that, that exact reason that OSHA says that everything has to be machine specific when it comes to training is for that very reason because it doesn't matter that you've come from another facility the fact that you get you, you know when you, you've got to be retrained on forklift uh, when you come into a new facility it's because the facility is different just because it's a warehouse doesn't mean that the same hazards exist there's different blind spots there's different loading docks there's you know all these different things and so when you when we come into a place I'm always coming in from a, a place of humility and how can I help? You're obviously, you got me here for a reason. You're having a pro, you're having a problem getting through to whether it's the employees or coming up with a new system or whatever. So I want you to, to share with me your expertise. I'll share my expertise and let's join those two together so that we can come up with a, a workable solution that not only fits the regulations, but maybe is even a better than that. And it's, it's a best practice. It's going to keep people even safer you know and it's going to be something that actually ultimately um increases production and which you know we all know i mean when when you've got a facility that is zoned in on safety their production is phenomenal mm -hmm. because they're just that's their attitude yeah, through everything that they do and i think we've got so much research now and so many so many different i mean we see it all the time um you know, it's it's just not even an argument for us anymore. When people try to argue that stuff, I don't argue with them. I'm just like, you're not there yet. You can let me know when you, you know, yeah. it's okay. Everybody's <laughs> got to go through their place and everybody's got to figure this stuff out on their own. And I just hope that, you know, um, it's not something horrific that happens that that gets you to wake up, you know. But uh, you know, we can only do so much, man. I mean, we're just we are just consultants. We're there just to come in and, and lead them and guide them the best that we can. But at the end of the day, you know, they're the ones that have to take the ownership of it. They're the ones that have to lead their teams. Um, you know, that's and that uh, man, I have full respect for that. You talk about being an evangelist. That's kind of yeah, what absolutely. we are. That's kind of what we are. We get to come in, we get to swoop in and and uh, you know share share the good news of you know of, of, of all the, the the truth and everything that that's right and everything that's real um but the people that are there doing the day-to-day -day work the ones that have to implement that the ones that have to put that into practice and and change the culture that's that's where the rubber meets the road and that's really where yeah. the true effort is i've got a lot of respect for that process and so you know for us it's a it's a it's about partnering with them through that and and ensuring that uh that we can keep them on that path and give them every tool necessary to, to make them successful in the real work that's got to be done out there 
and that's what I'm hearing here is uh, don't go in with the chip on your shoulder that they have to listen to you because you're the consultant and you know right. get my way or the highway if you know that that kind yeah. of thinking uh, and that's also going to get you wrong so uh, I had another thought uh, might be it might be like completely left wing but that's me one of these thoughts come like just let them go yeah, sure, man. It's okay. <laughs> all right how many domain names do you own how many domain names? Oh, uh, geez. You know, it's actually funny you say that. I just had uh, several that expired, um, which I, I, I haven't really let too many expire over the years. Um, I, I probably only own, um, well, okay. So I own obviously like uh, things that are similar to what I have. So like summitsafetygroup.com, I've got like .org and .net and things like that. Just just trying to keep it, you know. I, I don't know why, honestly. It's there's now there's so many you can get .us and .biz and all .biz, that stuff. I don't have all of. Them. Yeah, right. Exactly. So um, I've got several of those. I've got um, you know I've I've started. We launched a new service that started in January. Um, called Safety Consulting Now, which is our on-demand training platform. Um, so I've got several of those as well. I, I had a couple, and I can't even remember what they were. They were, you know, something to do with online stuff as I was going through the process of trying to come up with the name for the Safety Consulting Now. Um, I had gone ahead and just gotten those domains as well, just because I wasn't sure which direction we were going to go um, from a marketability standpoint. But uh, so I've got some of those. And then I've got some from some other, you know, other business ventures outside of safety that I had kind of gotten into. Um, <laughs> so, you know, but um, yeah, I just don't have time for that other stuff, man. I've got, I've got somebody, I, and honestly, man, I'm happy in what I can pour in with my own business. And this is why I love being an entrepreneur because I love, I love every aspect of it. I love being able to pour into um, my team. I love being able to pour into the growth of the business and I love being able to be creative. I mean, this, this, you know, this new training platform that we've got um, has been truly just a culmination of everything that I've done over the last three, four years for, for videos and trying to make something that is genuine, something that's, um, that's really going to reach people with uh, like is though we came in and did the training and you, you know, it's not about somebody, some actor or somebody just sitting there and saying, and, and safety, this is what you need to know about, you know, he's got like a great radio voice. And like, I just don't think people, you know, the men and women that are out there doing this stuff every day, I just don't think they respect that. I don't think they appreciate that. I'm not saying it can't work. I'm not saying there can't be some benefit to it, but uh, I mean, gosh, I, I don't the times because yeah, right now, Time is raw and real. They want to see everything raw and real. So uh, yeah. those of you that are listening, you, you didn't know, but I showed Jake my actual uh, recording studio, which is in the bedroom that I right now. So <laughs> exactly. of course you don't see that, but you know, right, that's the right. real part. It's real. You that's right. It that's right. Well, and man, that's why podcasts are blown up. I mean, that's, you know, people love, they love to feel like they're a part of the conversation. They love to feel like, um, you know, they, they, they do, man. They want, I think you said it right on they want raw and they want real and uh and that's what i think we're able to give in in a professional way um on that platform and so um anyway i'm not trying to talk about that i'm just saying domains that's that made me think about that i've just got several related to that but that's yeah, yeah. yeah probably uh not as many as i used to have i will say that because i think anybody who's got a business mind <laughs> as soon as they think of something they get on and they're like oh it's only 10 bucks you know i can i can go to godaddy.com and pop get it get a get a handful of uh, domains just in case I get into this down the road, you know? Just in case. That's what <laughs> yep. it, it's always just in case. I'm down from, um, I think I, I had... Oh man, roughly about 175 different domain names. So I'm roughly, I think that's I'm now in the, the 60 range. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's quite a bit, man. You start doing those annual renewals. I'm sure that's where you're you're like, all right, let's start cutting this down a little absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, do I really need to keep this one? Come on. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I start. And the reason I asked is because I, I hear a theme from you is entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship. Yeah. And that's what safety consultants is the difference between a safety consultant, a safety executive, and a safety manager is you need each one of those levels. You need the specialist, you 
need the executive, you need the manager, but there's people who have something inside of them that says, I need to personally put my mark somewhere and I don't feel satisfied. I'm just dissatisfied with things. Yeah. And then when you get into the entrepreneur side, you're like, hey, now this is what I was thinking for. And that's when yeah. I started the show. The same thing is, is how can I help these people who they're entrepreneurs at heart, though they have the chops for safety, how can we bridge that gap for them so that it'll be sustainable? So that brings me to my next question for you. How did you you bought into something which is unique from from the other the aspect yeah. of, of uh, safety consulting so when you got in you had to do a lot of actual you know uh, organizational things and get everything organizational get it um, get it where it was truly some system in place which is is great but how did you do it did you create your own system or did you uh, just go ahead and buy into a system and integrate it yourself or, or how did you manage that part? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was kind of an evolution over time. Um, you know, a big part of when I first took over the business was just learning the business, was learning, you know, my, my team. I mean, if my team would have left, I, I'd be stuck with a giant loan, you know, and a, a loan debt <laughs> and, and have nothing. <laughs> I mean, you know, everybody would have left. Yeah. So, so much for me when I first came on was, okay, I've got to culturally be able to um, assist my team and make sure they know that they're priority number one, because I know that if they, if they know that they're the priority, then they're going to maintain their, their clients as a priority. And uh, it's just like I told you, I mean, one of our largest clients is, uh, it's a huge trust group that has thousands of employees that are a part of it. And and I do video training for that entire trust group. So it goes out to, you know, 700 some offices or something. And, um, and that is something that I had to just figure out and do well, <laughs> get better at, you know, I mean, it, it, because knowing that there's such an audience and they're, they're paying me this much money, it's like, Hey, I've got to find a way. I mean, you're, you're being pushed into those things where, you know, that adversity is either going to make you or break you. And you, you've just got to make the decision which one you want it to do. And uh, sometimes it feels like it's breaking you, but you, you know, you just got to, got to push through it now there's two things that just came up uh, in my head that i was thinking of uh one is let's say you're um well let's do the easy one first if you're starting a business bootstrapping a business can safety consulting business uh what is going to get you the most money immediately if you do compliance service or if you do safety culture service uh, i would say I would say, I mean, just off the top of my head, I would say compliance service, you're going to have more opportunity. Um, there's so many business coaches out there. There's so many people that will will say that the culture that they're talking about will bleed into all these different uh, departments. I don't necessarily believe that, but I think they market themselves that way. And because there's so many out there, um, I, I think it definitely benefits. But I think, you know, if you've got somebody truly coming in just to focus on safety culture, that's different than somebody coming in and just talking about overall culture. You need both, but I think there's a lot of benefit to just really getting in a niche of safety culture. Um, uh, but so I say that because I think that you've got more opportunity from a compliance standpoint. There's just more HR managers. There's more professional, there, there's more ownership that needs help with being led in the right direction with compliance. And, you know, a lot of times compliance leads to culture. You know, you, you end up talking about both at the same time and same thing. When you go in and talk about culture, you can talk about compliance too. Um, yep. I think when you come in though with, with the, you know, hey, I'm, I'm waving the flag of compliance first and foremost, it gives you a better opportunity to talk about culture later. If you come in just talking about culture, sometimes they may a little bit be, be hesitant to talk about the, you know, the, just the X's and the O's of the regulations and getting down to the nitty gritty of that. So um, sometimes they see they don't see those as the same thing and there's a disconnect there. But um, I would say people that are just really trying to get into it, really focus on the compliance first, um, be an asset to them, show them that you can, um, you know, through the things that you're showing them in your reports and your audits or, you know, uh, program review or whatever, that's going to give you the opportunity to then start the conversation in, in culture. So I, I 
I would say to go that way. I, I don't think you're wrong either way. I think yeah, you also yeah. have to evaluate where your strengths are. Um, you know, if you're somebody that that tends to be a little bit more um, driven to you know the coaching end of it, then maybe you do want to start with with uh, with culture first. And then sure. the other question that I had, I also um, was was thinking because you might do this often. Uh, if I had to put together a proposal for a site safety managing job where someone's going to hire me, I'm going to go to a site and let's say they need me two days out of the week and it's going to be a six month deal and I've got to physically go there, maybe stay a night uh, at a hotel for both nights that I'm there. So that means three nights, uh, three days, two nights at a hotel. And then I've got to show up, be the site safety manager for that location and they want me for six months what are you charging or not even what are you charging how let's go to how do you structure that proposal yeah no that's a great question um well from a what proposal like okay so yeah. like from what you said if we went out just like if we're gonna go out for three days or something um you know all of the travel and expense is going to be on the client um that's yes. that's that's written in the proposal um you know obviously we're not picking up any of those costs and that's yes. just an expectation and i think people need to feel comfortable doing that because if you if you eat those costs you know you've gone and done an entire week and you've got nothing to show for it um after all the travel Yep. Then, or even if you're trying to like, oh, okay, well, you pay for airfare, but I'll pay for my hotel. No, I mean they need to, they need to cover everything, and that's that should be the expectation. Um, but then you know it's just depending on um, we 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 have a typically a day rate. So when one of our consultants is out for an entire day, we we just have a, a rate that we apply to that. Um, we don't try to we pretty much keep it the same across the board. With you know whether it's a large client or a small client. It is what it is. I mean, we're not lowering that and we're not raising that. So, um, and the same can be true with a lot of the classes we do. You know, there's times where we do a per student basis, but then there's also times where we just do a flat fee because we know our time is our product. And so I know that, you know, we've got it all laid out what each one of our consultants need to be making from a productivity standpoint every single day. And so I know that when they're going to be out for mm -hmm. yeah. half a day or whatever, we're charging a little bit more than a half a day because we know by the time they wrap up everything else that they then have to go somewhere else and uh, they may not be able to get a whole lot more in after that. But yeah, I mean, again, traveling, I know I'm kind of talking all over the place here, but um, traveling yeah. for, for, you know, it, it's just a per day rate plus all expenses paid. And, um, and then we also are factoring in uh, typically reporting time, anything that we have to do over and above actual on-site time. So if we know that it, we're gonna be writing programs after the fact, then we attach an hourly rate to that on top of everything else so that they understand yep. um you know we'll keep and we keep track of all that stuff in our project management system but that's just kind of a trust there where they've got to they've got to know that when we're working on that a consultant is working on that that's consultant time and that's what that hourly rate is is associated with i i appreciate the the thought process behind that because a lot of people who are getting started they uh they're coming from either a salary base or they're coming from an hourly base so right. in their mind they're always thinking you know i'm gonna equate this to my personal salary that i used to make and when they're on their own they kind of forget that you know or, or at least they feel bad they they say they want to price something uh so that it could be accepted easier right so what they'll do is they'll, they'll undercharge themselves but don't understand that they have to pay for their insurance their family needs their needs oh, yeah. for you know yep. everything else if they outsource it to someone else and do a 1099 miscellaneous to somebody else then it's yep. that cost as well so yep. uh i always say not everyone could afford you is that yeah. what you feel absolutely and it's you have to you know it's it's easier when you're at a place i think when you're busy and you know it's, it's it feels easier anyway i mean to, to know that you can say no to clients it's hard when you're starting out and i understand that and there's you know and you, and you got to do what you got to do um to even if, if you're especially if you're at a place where you're just trying to develop your name you know part of that is an investment in um 
and getting yourself out there. Um, And I think some of those rates can grow over time. It's just that I think what what a lot of people struggle with is, and I think you're you're kind of alluding to this, is is that they don't give themselves enough credit, even over time. They kind of stay in that rut and they just kind of stay at those levels when really their expertise has continued to grow. Their exposure to all these different industries as a consultant has continued to grow, which gives them, you know, I mean, we have safety managers that we work with that have been that are great safety managers but they've been in the same place for 20 some years we see hundreds and hundreds of different industries every single year i mean just constantly being exposed so that in and of itself has it carries with it a weight of expertise that a lot of people don't want to they don't want to give themselves credit for um but that's why you're a consultant and that's why they're probably hiring you is because they need that outside perspective or hey what are people in my industry Industry doing what are or, or or hey maybe not my industry but I've seen this machine or this type of equipment somewhere else and I've dealt with OSHA on this and so those are the kind of things that you know we argue tons of OSHA cases on behalf of our clients and people yeah. that become informal conference uh, yeah informal conferences I've done willful violations I've done formal conferences um, so you know we we we're always looking for uh the details of their programs and stuff and so through those processes as we gain knowledge as to what osha is looking for um what attorneys look for in cases we're able to take that expertise and bring it to the client and say look i understand your perspective i understand why you might think this but this is how they're this is how they're actually um enforcing their own laws this is how they're governing uh industries like yours based on these cases that we've been a part of and all that and so again as people gain that type of knowledge and expertise they need to they need to put value to it and they need to you know not short themselves and what it does too is it just helps the community of consultants because you know anybody who's always the lowest bidder doesn't help anybody else in their community (laughs) you know it it doesn't help them they're not giving they could be doing far less work for 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 more money and and being have probably having a better life and a better livelihood and it and it just cuts the knees out of everybody else who may appear to the client to be the same and even if you know even if they are the same they should still raise that bar for the rest of the community so that you know you're not always being the cheapest and uh you you know you're, you're making it hard for somebody that's coming in at a legitimate price and um you know, we don't really we don't really worry about that. I, I just I worry about what I can control. I don't worry about my competitors. I don't worry about any of that. And in my mind, I, I'm respectful of my competitors, but I definitely don't fear them because I just I, I'm gonna always be I'm gonna always look to be better. And I'm also of the growth mentality that the more people we have out there, the more people that are that are getting helped. And I think yeah. that's that's a good thing. And we can't service everybody, you know, we're just, we're just not. So it's it's there's plenty of work out there, there's plenty of room uh, for other consultants and uh, and I wanna help people get there too. And I think, man, I, I think you've done a fantastic job of um, of promoting that. And I think that's that's really been incredible. I think it's cool to see what you've what you've done and continue to do and and creating that blueprint for consultants and helping them get up uh, and running. I think that's awesome, man. Uh, I appreciate that. I, I'm, I'm of the same mindset of you is there's room for this field for everyone. So really, there's if you can't uh, hold your weight in, in the actual area that you're in and be a, a quality consultant, that word will get around. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, yeah. and then also can you know that word will get around too so i i truly believe the best i could do is i I think of it two ways yes i definitely think of it as a business opportunity so i can't lie and say it's not but at the the win-win of it is everyone will also be better in the actual safety consulting job that they do that therefore other people will become safe and sound and they'll come home with all the fingers and toes they came to work with. I used to say five. <laughs> I mean, 10 fingers and 10 toes, but yeah. people don't come in with that. Not everybody has them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I don't say that anymore. I learned not to say yeah. that anymore. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I truly believe that it, in that case, it, it, it makes a lot to me. Just go ahead and, and, and tell everyone about, you know, what you do and yeah. where you're located and how they could reach you. 
Yeah, sure, man. I appreciate that. Um, so, uh, we uh, Summit Safety Group is a uh, it's a, it's a uh, safety consulting group. Um, we go out and assist clients on anything OSHA related. Um, we do really hone in on OSHA specific stuff. Uh, there used to be some stuff that we, would be done with EPA, DNR. We do very, very minimal amount of that. We've got great referral relationships here uh, in the Midwest that we we send that stuff to. Uh, they are the pros, and so we we send them that stuff. Uh, they're also just happen to be a, a big client of ours too, so it really just works out. But um, yeah, I mean, we uh, we're we've got a full time operation in Kansas City. Uh, we're based here in Springfield, Missouri, and then we uh, you know we go one full week in St. Louis. But we work all throughout the Midwest. We've got clients all throughout the Midwest: Oklahoma, um, you know, Kansas, Illinois, obviously Missouri, um, even in Iowa, Northern Arkansas. Uh, not just Northern Arkansas, but we have more in Northern Arkansas. We have throughout Arkansas, um, and then we follow clients you know all over the country as they have different locations and different operations in different places so um that is that is first and foremost um but uh, we did, uh, you know, as we, I kind of alluded to earlier, we did just launch a, uh, a new platform uh, that's been three years in the making, uh, developing that content, really trying to hone in that content to get it to a place where, you know, I'm only spending 20 to 30 minutes on those awareness level trainings like, you know, arc flash and ladder safety and fall protection and all those things. And really just trying to get it to the point where, you know, when they leave that training, they feel like they can take some real core nuggets of truth with them um it is very similar to a netflix style platform um it's 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 a great platform that we've invested in um it's uh flows really well it streams anywhere on any device you can even download it if you're a subscriber you can download it for offline content so if you're having issues in job sites or trailers you know or or even just a manufacturing facility you know we've got clients that are underground at different places that have issues with some things even with wi-fi sometimes so um so you know you can download those for offline content you can plug it into an apple tv and keep it all there whatever you you know whatever you want to do um but but we're just continuing to add new content to it all the time i've got toolbox talk series that we've been we've been adding um we've got you know a few dozen of those up there now and i'm just continuing to add new stuff uh we've got contributor series where we've got um you know experts in their field we've got insurance uh companies we've got agencies we've got um like i told you we've got uh you know a, a military uh, individual that's coming in and talking about that military mindset and how it relates to safety um a lot of really cool things that we're we're creating and um give us know, the domain names it's uh, summitsafetygroup.com is uh, is our is our kind of core fundamental business, and then safetyconsultingnow.com uh, is uh, is the uh, online platform. And then you know you can uh, find me on LinkedIn, uh, Jake Wolfenden. Um, I don't really use my business one too often. I mean, we've got I'm just have so many more followers on LinkedIn that it just you know from my personal profile then it makes sense to just keep that and that's what I've worked to grow anyway um, and then you know Facebook and Twitter and all that but really LinkedIn is kind of the primary source for me um, within the safety community so yeah that's about it man come find me anywhere uh, message me on awesome. LinkedIn and on behalf of all our uh, LinkedIn buddies and everything else I want to thank you for the cup of coffee you gave us in the beginning of the year oh yeah man awesome. of course yeah no I was happy to do that that was, that was promotion. Kind of- yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. That was that was fun. I always enjoy trying to come up with new kind of fun things to do, so it was cool. All right. Well, have a great rest of your day. Thanks for coming in on me. All right, buddy. Yeah, man. I'll talk to you soon. Stay tuned for the tip of the week. Do you want to be a safety consultant? Listen to Dr. Jay Allen of Safety FM give his experience after taking the Safety Consultant Blueprint course. I have actually done research on different consultants and looked at different consulting courses and so on. There is a pretty fancy, very expensive consulting course that is out there. I have actually purchased the consulting course, was interested. It has good information. Don't get me wrong. But you have a consulting course that really drives people onto focusing on safety and how to become a safety consultant. I will tell you on your particular course, there was better information in that particular regards than the other consulting course that was more of a generalist form. But I figured I felt like I got more information out of yours on you giving people direct path on what to do step by step. But I really think that you have 
a genuine good product there that can really assist people if they're interested in becoming a safety consultant. Register for the Safety Consultant Blueprint at www.safetyconsultantblueprint.com. Enter code PODCAST for a special discount. The tip of the week is to invest in your company. You ever hear the saying, it takes money to make money? They're actually right. It is true. It does take money to make money. I've had to do several courses to invest in myself to make sure that I am up to date with the latest practices, the latest information. So that course that I would have to take, I have to fly to, I have to pay the hotels, I got to uh, pay for registration. That's one of the things. Uh, upgrading some uh, business uh, programs. All those things take money. But it sets you apart so that, therefore, when it's ready for you to uh, give back to your clients, you now have a product or a service that you may have paid into, even if you had to hire someone to help you develop a website. That's an investment into your company. So don't think of it as money going out, money going out, money going out, all the stuff that you're spending money on. Think of it as an investment into your company so that you could bring money in. And in some cases, some of these investments that you're using to bring money in to service your clients better can also be tax deductible as well. So you have to talk to a tax accountant or a specialist in that field just to see if there is something that you could write off. But the mayor thought of investing versus spending money is the mindset shift that you'll need to make. So yes, it does take money to make money. So the tip of the week is invest in your business so that you can make more money for your business. This episode has been powered by Safety FM. Keep the devices in your home protected from Wi-Fi threats with Xfinity XFi. If it's connected, it's protected. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit today. Restrictions apply.